Welcome to Paranormal Heart, a place where people can talk about their paranormal experiences. With your host, Cat Ward. Welcome, my friends, to Paranormal Heart Podcast, a safe place to talk about your paranormal encounters. I'm your host, Kat Ward. If you'd like to share your story about ghosts, cryptids, UFOs, and extraterrestrials, your local legends, your psychic gifts, anything weird and creepy, we want to hear from you. You can be a guest on the show or send me your real story for me to narrate on the show. Just reach out to me at paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. And if you choose to remain anonymous, I'll not mention your real name. New episodes are released on the second and last Sunday of each month at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube, Podbean, KPNL Digital Network, and any place you find fine podcasts. If you want to help support the show, please share the show with others, like each episode, and leave a review. It helps to bring the show to more people. The more people that we reach, the more people will realize they are not alone with these experiences. Folks, my guest for episode 115 is host of Hidden in the Shadows podcast, Isaac Sanchez. Isaac discusses a bit about his podcast and shares with us his unique abilities to imprison dark energies and dark entities into our ring. He tells us how he began doing this to help others and what is involved in imprisoning these negative energies and beings. Now, on with the show. Hello, Isaac. Welcome to Paranormal Heart. Yo. <laughs> How you doing? Good. It's been a it's been a, a good beginning of this year. Got some things to look forward to and stuff. Good. So for the listeners who haven't heard of you before, I want you to give us a little bit of uh, a bio and tell the people a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a co-host of a paranormal podcast called Hitting the Shadows Podcast. Uh, with my uh, my better half, my wife uh, Megan, um, we've been me and her se- together and separately have been have enough paranormal experiences to probably fill up a couple of novels, if not more. So we've been in the paranormal for as long as we both can remember. Mine, particularly of the ranch I lived on when I was young, and then Megan, because being a psychic medium that she is, she's been haunted every house she's ever been in. And has seen and heard everything you can think of when it comes to her abilities. Now, um, it was only, I think, around the time of the pandemic when we started a podcast, which majority of people did as well. But we actually won't few who survived afterwards when everything came back. So we've been doing it for almost three years now, yeah. Um, but it was only while doing the podcast that we uh, started diving deep into the paranormal that we started... Um, I don't know, gaining more knowledge when it comes to the paranormal and to a point where it really set things off and kind of change our trajectory, 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 (laughs) uh, to the right path of what we're doing now. It was in September of 2020. And this is the unique part before I get to that point. This is what I always, I know we've talked before, but for people listening, this is where, 
I'm about to tell you something that I can almost guarantee you've never heard before. Um, in September of 2020, I gained or the ability was awoken in me to feel the energy of the dead in my hands. At least that was my assumption in the beginning. Um, it, it feels, the sensation feels like when your hands go to sleep. It's a tingling sensation that starts in the center of my palm and spreads out to my fingers. The stronger or the closer the entity is. And through a few trial of practice and error, and of course having a wife that's talented and able to know when spirits are around, we figured out that when my right hand charged, it was something dark, something evil. And charging is a sensation that I call it when my hands sense something nearby. It's easier to figure out words for certain things so when I say it, people understand. And then when my left hand charges, that's when a human spirit is nearby, uh, a good person, a good spirit, something on the light spectrum of uh, the uh, supernatural world. And when I figured out that I can feel, it was actually an act of trying to protect my son that I actually learned to pull that energy, like grabbing it and then sucking it almost in a vacuum into the center of my palm and then pushing that energy into myself, kind of filtering it. Uh, the first time was Halloween of said year, 2020. Um, I was outside with my son. Of course, we weren't trick-or-treating. And I think I was barbecuing. He was out there with me. It was at night. He, I see a shadow. Because we had just had the porch light on. The rest of the yard was dark. I see a shadow move. And, and it looked like someone ran past behind me, casting a, a shadow into the uh, against the house. To which I looked or turned around, and I didn't see anybody in the yard. I even flashed my phone light. Couldn't see anything. My son, who is autistic and is nonverbal, we taught him some sign language so he can at least communicate with us. And he was hand sign, uh, signing this uh, scared, scared. And he was pointing into the darkness which there was nothing there. I had my I had Megan, my wife, come out, say, hey, something's wrong with Kelly. I think he's scared of something. And she goes, yeah, I don't know what's out there, Isaac, but it, it, I don't like it. I don't like what's out there. Wow. And I, my right hand had that sensation, that tingling sensation when your hand falls asleep, when that, it was charging. And it was strong. I could feel it in my entire hand. So I reached out into the yard with my hand, and then I could feel the energy. And then I had the instinct to almost grab it. And I started pulling that energy and it was the first and last time anything was able to able to escape from when I was pulling. Hmm. And the energy that I pulled felt like lightning fired into my arm all the way up into my head. Like so like like that like uh, when you get that muscle spasms or like a uh, when you have those um we call them put those little electrodes on you and you oh. zap. Yeah. I forgot what they're, they're called. Tens unit, right? The tens unit, those things. Yeah, I, ha life. I have one of those units, and I can't even. I couldn't. I couldn't remember what it was <laughs> called. <laughs> yeah. That's what I say. I, I, I um, associate the sensation with. Is it? Uh, it felt like that, like a uh, like an electric shock in my entire right arm, and whatever it was ran off, and it still had enough energy to call out my wife's name. Oh, she heard wow. it clear. Yeah. But um. It was after that day that I realized what I could do. And then literally, um, that I think it was around the next month, I got to interview a paranormal team. 
that was local to us. And I was explaining to them after the interview what I had been learning about myself because they had a few psychics on the team, mm -hmm. a little more well-seasoned psychics. And they said, well, what can you do? And I explained it and stuff like that. Come to find out that team that I interviewed actually broke up literally a week after that interview. Oh, no. And disbanded and created a, some members from that original team created a new team. And that new team asked if I want to go on an investigation with them. Hmm. I've never been on an investigation before. And I was like, yeah, cool. And it was on that investigation that I started getting practice. And in doing investigations with them, I started to get stronger and stronger. And then uh, eventually that team disbanded. And then a few members from that team joined me and my wife to create a brand new team. And it was through trial and error and, and figuring out um, but one thing I did learn, one thing that I did take away from that previous team was the ability of imprisonment. Now, when I originally pulled energy and I kind of filtered it through my body, it, the sensation felt um, like when you get a chill run up your spine. And when the chill ran up my spine, and I'd be like sweating hot. There's like no point for me to be cold. Mm -hmm. And that it would leave, the energy would leave me in a breath, like a... And I could almost see it. It was almost like neutral energy. Like it would transfer, my body would filter it, and I would basically leave it in a breath. Though that process started taking a toll on me. The uh, hairs on the right side of my beard and my, my head started turning gray. Prematurely. That's interesting. Yeah, so my wife noticed that it started aging me. And she was like, you got to find a new way of doing this because this is, it might age your entire right side of your face. <laughs> so... Um, Luck has it that um, uh, one of the senior psychics on our team, Mike, uh, had a, a vision um, of a symbol that he did not recognize. And so he put this symbol, he found it, he drew it actually, and posted it in our group chat of the paranormal team that was together at the time. And luckily at the time, we had a Jewish member who recognized the symbol as King Solomon's symbol, the symbol that's on King Solomon's ring. So I remember the story of King Solomon, how told in three, the three Abrahamic faiths in Judaism and Christianity and Islam, they all tell the same story. Though in Christianity and Judaism, they say demon, but in Islam, they say jinn. But the story is always the same, that King Solomon was able to imprison 72 demons or jinn in his reign. And then he used those imprisoned demons to build his temple. Um, so the shenanigans happened, he lost it, and they found it again, uh, whatever. But the story goes is that, and that's where the Salmatic magic came from, and the seals and all those things, and him uh, cataloging all the demons that we, the most famous ones anyway, we have names of. Mm -hmm. But that gave me the idea. If King Solomon was able to imprison demons in a ring, could I at least try to do the same with dark entities or the things that I pull? So, I bought a King Solomon ring, nothing special, just steel and silver, and I was wearing it, and I think I bought it for my pinky, and I pulled, and then when I had the energy, when it, when I pull the energy in, and it kind of concentrates into my hand, it feels about the size of a, like a softball or a baseball, and then I forced that energy, I said, into the ring, and when it happened, the energy didn't filter in my body like it usually did. And I didn't know where it went. 
I assumed hopefully into the ring. Yeah. Kept doing that over and over again. And probably it was a 10th or 11th time, uh, my wife Megan started to notice screaming coming from the ring. She would hear swearing and screaming. It's like, what the hell is in there? I was like, uh, you can hear it? She goes, yeah, I can hear it. <laughs> so she channeled into the ring to see what was inside. And she said it looked like a giant snow globe with like a concrete floor with like a, a drain thing, a drain drainage spot, but only ever things ever come in, nothing was able to leave. And the entities flying around there looked like Dementors oh. from Harry Potter. Yeah. And uh, they were just hitting the glass and able to leave. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. And it's, it's funny is that I've asked multiple psychics to look at the ring, channel it, what do you see? And I've got different perspectives, but it all results in the same thing. It's a prison. Mm-hmm. where they enter and they cannot leave. Um, Mike was able to say when he hears it, it says it sounds like a prison. All his inmates yelling at the same time, swearing, cussing, saying, I'm going to kill you, how dare you, stuff like that. Uh, and that's what, that's what I have been doing for the last three years now. Everything that I have taken, I have put into that ring. And you would think... With that amount of things that I have been taking for the last three years, which include a very long list of confirmed demons in that ring, that that would be considerably the most haunted object in the world. Which, in truth, if it was classified as a haunted object, it would. But that's where things get weird, is that it's not a haunted object. Haunted objects inflict or uh, affect people around them when they're in a house or building or a room. If you're near it, you get affected by it. Because what we learn about haunted objects, they're not in the object. They're attached to it. Mm, so yes. if I have all this dark energy in one ring, how is it not affecting anyone? Well, because um, it doesn't act like a haunted object. My best assumption what it is, is I, well, studying quantum mechanics as best I can without going to school for it. Um, my best guess, and this is what 100% I, I, I'm guessing here, is that it's some kind of pocket dimension that holds all this stuff that can't leave hence why if you were to come into this house you would not know anything i could put that ring in your hand and well if you're of the psychic mediums side you might be able to pick up on something in it but everyone else no you have no idea what's in that ring you would never hear anything the house granted our house is always haunted because spirits like to come here but my wife very talented is able to prevent dark entities from entering our home but other from the normal human spirits that come every now and then looking to cross or just trying to get a message, um, nothing dark has ever able to enter the home, especially with what I can do. Nothing gets even close to cause any damage. So, uh, but yeah, the ring doesn't act like a haunted object. And I got asked one time, do I have a name for it? At the time, I just kept calling it the ring. But thinking about it, I decided to call it Cien El Fergo which is Latin for no escape. Ah, that's very yes. fitting. Now, what it sounds like and looks like to me is extremely unique. And before I explain what it looks like and sounds like to me, I have to explain another addition to my ability, or several additions, and I'll get back to that point. So my ability as so far everyone listening has know it okay i can pull dark energy i can grab it i can put it into object that was my original assumption 
But through meditation and contacting my spirit guides and getting more in tune with that side of myself, I was able to start focusing through my third eye and seeing things clearly. Granted, I'm not a psychic. I'm not a medium. I can't hear or see anything I pull unless I have a, gri a grip on it. And I accumulated the idea of psychics and mediums are like Wi-Fi, right? They pick up the signal. So Wi-Fi routers, right? Mm -hmm. I'm hardline. I have to literally plug in in order to see or hear what's going on. I love that analogy. Uh, <laughs> that's the best way I can describe it. Because like, I can't, like, can you see what's over there? I'm like, no, I have to grab it. Okay, now no, no, it is. Yeah, that's, that's a perfect way to explain it. Yeah. Um, oh, one second. My throat's getting a little dry. <laughs> um, but focusing through my, my third eye, I, I, I figured out that it's not a sense of vacuum. It's strings of energy that leave each of my fingertips and create, connect, create like a circle in the center of my hand. And that's kind of like it's, that's the, um, the uh, feeling around mode, like it, it, that's what senses what's there. When I grab something, those strings fire out and wrap around the entity like a boa constrictor, condensing and pulling it towards me. Condensing, smash, smash, break the size of a ball, boom, I have it, throw it in the ring. Those strings allow me to, um, of course, attach and pull and grab and stuff like that. But in the beginning, the first thing, I, uh, a newer addition to that, I learned if I took someone's right hand, I held it in my hand, and I focused, I could see into what I call their mind forest. Mm -hmm. And it's essentially the subconscious part of your mind where all your dark and your, your trauma, your negative emotions, it all dwells in a one place. Either consciously or subconsciously, all this is buried there. And it takes shape in different forms. The forest, I call it forest because that's what it looks like to me. And everybody's forest is different from the foliage, from the time of day, from how vast the trees are, from how tall they are, from how big they are, from how condensed they are, from how uh, scarce they are, from how, how much, is there any grass? No grass. The color of the moon even. All varies. And I've looked into a lot of people's minds. But that ability to enter the mind force, and once I'm in there, I can pull all that negative emotions out because it takes shape in different forms. I've seen creatures. I've seen hat men. I've seen uh, wolves. I've seen scenes of crime. I've seen like hags. I've seen everything you can think of negative wise. It takes shape in different forms. And I can pull that energy out of your mind force and put it into the ring. And I learned when, when I do that, your main spear guy comes forward and to take the place of all that negative energy to kind of protect it from future transgressors. Um, and I've talked to a lot of different spirit guides, all walks of life you can think of, from actors, from strongmen, from Samoans, from knights, from Vikings, from gunslingers, from doctors, from uh, dancers, from swordsmen, from from uh, like a musketeer guy to a, a skater kid. All right, it's they all vary depending on the person, and I get to figure out why a certain spirit guide would be for a certain person. But one thing I, I did learn is that when someone's being demonically oppressed, the demon that's oppressing the person leaves what I call a failsafe behind in the person's dark side of their mind forest. And it's almost like an echo of themselves just in that mind. So 
I theorize that it's there to find a way back, just in case they ever get pushed away, or a marker to let other dark entities and demons know that this person is capable of oppression. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, in the 29 oppression cases that I've done, I make sure to check someone's mind force after I clear out their home. Because I have to take every little piece, every trace of what was there, I have to take all of it away to ensure that that person knows peace mm. after I take all this stuff. But yeah, 29, I think I up to 29 cases as of a couple of days ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that ability to allow me to look in people's mind forces, but allow me to look inside the ring. So when I hold the ring and I look inside the same way I look into someone's mind force, what I see is a forest after a nuclear blast. All the trees are blackened, burnt covered. The ash, the sky is ash, like it's overcast. Mm -hmm. The ground is ash covered. And everything in there is all in shapes of shadows. From heights, from, from sizes. Um, some have horns, some don't. Some are animals, some are insects, some are giant creatures, some are elementals. It's, it, they all vary from everything I've taken. And what it sounds like... I don't excuse me. I don't know if you're a Slipknot fan at all. Um, <laughs> a little, <laughs> uh, but uh, for anyone who is, uh, I would or anyone who wants is curious. What it sounds like is the opening track to Iowa, the album Iowa, I, the Iowa, Iowa album, five one five, and it sounds like that times about a hundred, um, and you get to just what it sounds like in there. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they're not happy with me. Leave I don't me. Every time I go, yeah, they try to bum rush me, and then um, I had to use my my tendrils to basically fling them back or break a leg or something to stop them from coming at me. Um, because inside the ring, it's like I have full control and power over everything in there, mm -hmm. demons included. Which is is strange. Is that once they enter the ring, they don't become dangerous anymore. Yeah, that's something I learned when. Um, the first uh, demonic oppression case I ever did confirmed. Now, I might have pulled demons out in the field before, but it was the first confirmed. This was, um, I think, December of 2021 it was my first uh, demonic oppression case. And it was a family friend to Mike, who's on the team. And they knew Mike because uh, he was a previous investigator for the previous teams that he was part of in the area. Um, and they said, and they knew that what he did. So they asked him, Hey, I think our son is being affected by something. His entire mood has changed. Right. He's a kid's like 16. He was a nice kid, very smart, very outgoing. All of a sudden he just had a change of emotion. He became angry, violent. Um, he always has a reason to start a fight over nothing. We don't understand what's going on. There's no, there's nothing that triggered it. We didn't lose anybody. There's no, nothing that caused this to happen. And I said, what's even worse is that we keep hearing things in the house and me and my wife keep having nightmares. We haven't been able to get a good night, night of uh, sleep because we always feel like someone's going to attack us or he's going to kill us in our sleep. Oh, damn. Right? So he said, do you know anybody who can help us out with that? And he said, oh, I got just the guy. Me, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, but what I did is I had Megan look into their home. And Megan... Very talented psychic medium, but I call her the jack of all trades when it comes to psychic abilities. Because it seems like there's nothing she can't do once she puts her mind to it. 
But one of her more, her more foremost gifts uh, is remote viewing. She can go anywhere to anyone, alive or dead, doesn't matter. So all she needs is basically a picture of the person um, or the house, and she can go there. Mm. It's very simple for her. But she went to the person's house, the kid's house, the family's house. And she was there for maybe less than a second when she saw this, well, she describes it as um, if Groot from Marvel movies yeah. was uh, a demon. Hmm. Like, it was like a tree, giant tree thing with fire eyes and fire coming off its head, walking around the corner. And it looked at her and it said, oh, they sent a witch after me. Wow. Right? Yeah. To which Megan basically back and she said, yeah, there's something there. We got to go. <laughs> yeah. So I think we made the trip out the next night. And it was that um, morning that I um, gained, or my sorry, my second spirit guide made himself known to me. Prior to that, I, I became in contact with my uh, main spirit guide named Azul, who is a um, Aztec Jaguar warrior. He said his name I would be able to pronounce, so just call me Azul, which is Spanish for blue. So, okay. <laughs> Yeah, um, but the second spirit guide to make himself known to me was uh, uh, a Vikinger named Ojin. Yeah, um, and he was all ready for war, which kind of needed him in that situation because yeah. I was going into a fight. Yeah. And I had no idea how I would stand against a confirmed demon. This was my first test to see if I could actually do it. Could I actually grab a demon? Could I pull it? Could I condense it? Can I present the ring? I had no idea. So we went to the, the kid's house, and we asked the parents to, you know, go into the other room. Megan and Mike's wife, who's also named Megan, uh, were outside. What Megan's goal was, was to prevent this thing from running away. Mm. I, wasn't, I wasn't concerned one bit about it attacking anyone. I was worried about it leaving and running. Um, so Megan, along with many of her gifts, but one, her, one that actually has helped in these situations, as she creates kind of a um, shield, um, a shield of light, preventing anything dark from running out of it. So kind of like can, trapping them yep. and not letting them move. So Mike was doing a Native American prayer, and um, like I was talking I was talking shit to the entity, and I was telling the kid, like, I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to it, all right? Mm -hmm. So don't feel like I'm attacking you. He goes, yeah, I understand. So I was talking. I was trying to get it to come out and attack me because I, I kept feeling around, but I didn't know where it was. I wanted it to come at me so I can, you know, get it. Um, and he was doing a Native American prayer to sever the tie between the entity and the kid. And when he finally severed it, he says, go get him. I'm like, all right. So I'm feeling around, and I don't feel anything. And also I feel something to my right, which I walk in that direction. I put my hand out. And then it's kind of faint, and all of a sudden I feel it coming at me, like it's running at me now. And I grab it, and I grab it, and I pull it, condense it, push it into the ring. And I laugh. And Mike goes, what's funny? I was like, that was too easy. Mm -hmm. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, I make sure there's nothing else around. I had, I reached around, I was like, it was too easy. I thought I made a mistake. It couldn't be that easy. I've taken things out in the field a lot harder than that, and I didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. And this is a confirmed Demon confirmed, oppressing his family, causing him nightmares, making a kid's entire mood change. And I take it like it's nothing. All right. But I, we stayed around for about an hour afterwards. 
the parents said, they said, uh, yeah, the, the entire mood changed. The vibe was different. The kids started acting entirely different within that instance. Um, and it was good. And then we literally called them the next day. They said, we don't know what you guys did, but it's, we, we slept good. No nightmares. Everything was great. Check with them a week later. They were fine. They said, everything's back to normal. We, we appreciate it. That they couldn't be more, more thankful. Well, okay. I guess I did it. Which <laughs> led me to believe some demons are all talk. Uh-huh. They talk a big game, and then when it comes time for the fight, they crumble with one swing of the fist. So, but that was yeah the first one, and then after that, yeah, I'm up to twenty nine now, and then my record, because I kept count of how many confirmed demons I've taken. Uh, at last report, I think I'm at seventy eight. Oh wow! Yeah. Uh, amongst them, I've taken um, Spirit of Witches, um, Skinwalkers, uh, a, a Jen, um, and I've lost count of how many human spirits I've taken. Human dark spirits. Because mm-hmm. what I've learned is that um, if you're an a-hole in life, you're going to be an a-hole in death. Yeah, usually. And yeah, just because you die doesn't mean you become a better person in the afterlife. Because I've taken down a lot of human spirits who are just complete pieces of crap who um, portray themselves as demons sometimes. Like, oh, I'm the devil. I'm 666. And I pull them like they're just a regular person. So, yeah. I've lost count of how many of those people. <clears throat> but no, demons, yeah, 78. I think I'm up to right now. But what's interesting is that amongst pulling stuff, grabbing things, doing that, pe- reaching people's mind for us, something that I didn't think I was possible is that the strings that leave my hands can, if I'm talking to someone, like I'm talking to you, mm-hmm. video, phone-wise, what's happening real-time, where I am right now, where you are right now, are separated by miles. But if I, were, I can actually send one of my tendrils through the screen from where I am to reach into where you are and pull whatever is at your place, pull it back to where I am, and take it. I tried <laughs> to figure out how this is even possible. And like I said, most physics, astrophysics, most quantum mechanics, most things I could study were just books and YouTube. Um, what I figured out is that it's like folding fourth dimensional space. Because where my phone is right here, mm-hmm. and your phone's way across, you know, all the way in Nova Scotia, right? Yeah. Uh, Ontario. Ontario, sorry. Yeah. It's okay. Um which is like, you know, half across the entire continent. Um, but when I pull, regardless of how far you are, the phones are basically back to back and I'm reaching through, grabbing something and pulling it to my side. Um, that has allowed me to do cases across the literal world. I have helped people in Australia, England, uh, Canada, all across the United States. Um, because people have called it called me from everywhere. Like I said, twenty nine cases, yeah. home cases so far, and uh, pulling through the phone has made everything very simple. Because um, I don't have to travel anywhere. Yeah. I don't have to go to the person's house. I just need someone physically there to walk me through the house, and I take care of everything. Megan looks in, tells me if it's good or not. Hey, you might want to look over here. You might want to look over there. So us two working together, 
yeah, we've taken out a lot of things um, and helped a lot of families. Now, is it easier to do it that way or is it easier to do it in person or is there even a difference? Well, it's easier to do in person because I'm not having to tell the person handling the phone, stop, turn right, look up, turn okay, right, yeah. turn left. Right. Mm -hmm. That takes time. And that gives whatever's in the house time to move, to run, to get away. Yep. If I'm in the house, then I can hunt it mm -hmm. without having to you know, worry about how fast the person walks, what, what they feel. Uh, but it doesn't, I guess, if I can't travel across the entire you know, United States in a couple of days to help someone out who really needs it, that makes everything a lot easier. Mm -hmm. I only ever done two home cases while I'm actually in the home. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All the others have been through the phone. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Now, is your the ring, do you think there's going to be a capacity or is it just like unlimited? From what I've seen, it's unlimited. Mm -hmm. It's its own world. It's it's strange. It's like, like I said, um, actually, you know what? If I could pull up the list, I can actually tell you the exact number. Hold on. There it is. There we go. 78 demons, nine elementals, seven witches, four skinwalkers, one primordial entity, one gen. Um, I lost count of how many human entities. Yeah. Wow. And even one of those things should cause it to be the most haunted object in the world. Not all of them combined. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, but no, it's like every time I go into the ring, they're, they're around, but it's never like packed. It's never like they're all on top of each other. They're in the woods. And from what my experience has been in the ring, it's like there's a mountain range in the back, but it's like miles away from my perspective. And the, the trees, granted, there's no foliage, just, you know, sticks. Um, they seem to go on and on forever. Hmm. Yeah. So there's no capacity. And someone asked me, like, what happens when you fill it up? I'm like, I don't think I can. Because um, it doesn't act like an object the sense that it has capacity it's just a, a doorway to another dimension that's a prison i was just thinking that you read yeah. my mind <laughs> <laughs> at first i was thinking kind of similar to the tardis like in doctor who but i'm like no that even has a limit but yeah originally i thought we're calling it the phantom zone after superman but yeah oh. uh, cool. that's where he put all his worst uh Enemies, he imprisoned them in the phantom zone. That's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bunch of geeks here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, what it's it didn't. Um, was it? In concentration of meditation and getting stronger with my ability, um, I've. I have now, four spirit guides. Now, it started as a three, and the fourth one kind of came a little bit later. And it's funny, they're all, the three that came first are all warriors in their own right. Azul, the Aztec warrior, Ojin, a Vikinger, and then Harold, who's a gunslinger from the West. I love that. Right? Yeah. Um, and then who came later is a Native American woman named Nachanan. Um, and she's more of a mother vibe you would say she's kind of like a teacher versus less of a warrior she kind of keeps the rest of us in check mm -hmm. when it comes to the makings when i meditate and i go to what i created in my head a meeting place 
The meeting place originally was a campfire with four logs around it where me and our spirit guides can meet. But I've had some intruders in that, in that mine forest. So I had to up my defenses by building in this place, my own mine forest essentially, a, uh, a Viking longhouse. And I kind of modeled it after uh, the longhouse in Assassin's Creed Valhalla for anyone who's played that video game. Um, but it's now it's a table with four or five chairs because Nahandano does sits at that table. And there's a little fire pit in the center where the fire is blue. And I have it decorated with, with different things. But um, that's where we meet now. And we just and I, when I meditate and I go to discuss with them, we talk about various things, cases, my ability, future things, ask, all different things. And I, I usually talk to them for guidance and stuff like that. Now, what is my ability? That has been the question that I've been trying to figure out for almost four years now. Yes, because it's a very unique ability. I've never heard of anyone else with this. Uh, 2021, I got to interview a paranormal investigator from Australia named uh, PETA. And she has her own paranormal team. And at the end of the episode, I wanted to ask her, because she's a psychic, and I want to see if you heard of it. I always ask every psychic, have you heard anything like what I can do? Most of the time I get a no. But with her, she has said, actually, what it sounds like my friend Jane and what she can do. I was like, really? And luckily, her friend was over at the time, so she can't had her come on. I talked to her, and she goes, oh, it kind of sounds like uh, a psycho pump or a shadow walker, right? And I was like, what are you talking about? She goes, well, I can kind of do what you do, but I can pull the positive energy and then transfer it to the other side, like crossing people over, oh. right? But... That actually led to me and my wife learning that there's a lot of psychics and mediums out there who uh, have what me and my wife call EMAs, or Energy Manipulation Ability. They can project light energy from their hands as like shields or like push things back or, of course, like Jane's case, pull light in. But she never does anything dark. That's why I do. And I know that might have been a thought in someone's head while listening to this. Does he ever pull any people? I never pull anything on the light side. It just seems cruel to do so. Mm -hmm. Everything I ever grabbed or pulled has always been dark. I use the left hand to let people know, oh, that's a person, or that's like a spirit, or that's somebody there. All right? When my left hand charges, that tells me that's a person around. So I let my wife know, hey, you need to talk to that person or I can feel them. Um, but when it comes to the right hand, no, that's, I feel it, I grab it. There's no second guessing about it. Mm -hmm. um, but no, she, she used to want to told me, Oh, it's your, it's your psycho pump, Shadow Walker. Because she met with her shaman when her ability started kicking in. Um, and that's the term that uh, her shaman used, was uh, psycho pump or Shadow Walker. Hence where the name stuck. That's why I call myself the Shadow Walker. Mm -hmm. Because that's what she called me way back when. Yeah. Or two years ago now. Um, or three years ago now, yeah. And when I looked at what a psycho pump is, I'm not a psycho pump. Right. No. Psychopumps or essentially my wife. My wife is a psychic who uses her en energetic abilities to help spirits cross over. I don't do that. I imprison dark entities. She's I am already told this like you're more of a shadow walker than I am. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. But she's like, no, 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 I don't I don't want a nickname. Um but what's it's funny is that I have earned or gained 
six names, six titles so far. The Shadow Walker, of course, was given to me. So that was the first one. The second one was actually from the case that it did, uh, the first oppression case. Um, when I, we, that morning before that evening, uh, me and my wife were going back and forth on what we needed to do this case. And it was at a time where we stopped, I say stopped, well, stopped calling ourselves Christians because we weren't. Um, and we were looking into Nordic uh, faith, the Nordic faith, talking about the old gods with Odin and, and, and Thor and Frey and Frigg and, and, and looking into there. Um, so I decided, hey, you know what? I'm going into war. Might as well make an offering to Odin. Something simple. I just like, I think I had like a wolf head tooth necklace and a few crystals and something that's buried in the ground as an offering to Odin. And I heard clearly as I'm speaking to you, Durangur in my ear. Durangur is a Nordic word as a sense of compliment. Other Vikingers would call each other's Durangurs, and it essentially means um, ultimate warrior or badass, right? Mm. <laughs> like a Vikinger would say to one another, oh, dude, you're a Durangur. Oh, you're a Durangur. Oh, yeah. So it's it's like a compliment. Hence what came my second name, Odin Durangur. So... Um, my third was essentially trying to describe what I am. Uh, well, not that's right. That's the fourth. The third came with um, learning about Native American faith. Because what I did after gaining this ability, I looked in all walks of life of the entire world. Every faith, every legend, every story ever told from all parts of the world. I try to find anything about what I can do. And so far, the only person in history to ever be known for something like I'm doing is King Solomon. That's the only person that I could find who imprisoned demons in a ring or took them down with ease. Mm -hmm. I don't know how easy King Solomon did it. Granted, he used somatic magic. But I was like, okay. So I found something in Native American faith about Wakana Tonka. Um, they called him Earthmaker. And... I remember meditating on that, and I heard the name Earthshaker. That became my third name, Earthshaker, mm. which I did earn that title because um, along with pulling things from the air, grabbing entities, if I would put my hand to the earth, I could feel, I would say, a 100-year radius, everything around me, and pull everything like a giant vacuum, or not a vacuum, like a, almost like a giant net. Mm -hmm. You know, catching everything and grabbing that giant net and pulling it all from that point in the ground. I did that once and people were asking, do you feel the ground shake? Right? Like it, it vibrated underneath their feet. So Earthshaker was one of them. Uh, the fourth, it was actually this, Megan did some studying and she found out there have been people in history that do what I do. Uh, there were shamans. But they were shamans in um, Haitian, Viking, um, and even um, old Celtic faiths. Uh, So-called shamans who were able to cast spells and imprison dark entities in their staffs. So I was like, oh, shit. That's, yeah. So Megan's like, I know calling yourself a shaman is kind of weird because you haven't done any of that training or anything like that. But as she, she was saying that, I don't. You're not a shaman that had to learn to be one. You were born one, mm -hmm. right? 
like all my abilities are naturally given. Um, and she said, you're we're like, I said, yeah, like a shaman meant for war. Mm-hmm. So war shaman became my fourth name. Um, because unlike priests, unlike shamans, unlike um, everyone else, I don't need trinkets. I don't need prayers. I don't need incense. I don't need stones. I don't need symbols to do what I do. I just need to be in the room with it and it's done. It's over with. And I, I've said this before, and I try to say it without sounding cocky or egotistical, but it's just a matter of fact. Everything that I have grabbed, everything that I have pulled, has never escaped. I have taken down everything, regardless of how old it is, regardless of how strong it is, regardless of a, a legendary demonic name, which I've taken down some of those guys too. They all fall just the same. So a shaman meant for war, a natural one with Billy's embodied, embodied in him, me. The, the fourth name is actually what they call me, what mm-hmm. the demonic and dark entities call me. They don't call me Shadow Walker. They don't even call me Isaac. They call me Order Keeper. I have been called that multiple times. They call me Order Keeper. Um, they actually call Megan the Witch. Yeah. Yeah. They keep calling her that. They call her the witch, and they call me Order Keeper, hmm. uh, which is funny. Is Megan, Megan says, I don't even practice witchcraft. I think, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's her ability, I think, is what they're re- referring to, eh? Yes. And I think, because she's able to project um, spells of light and protection without casting spells. Mm-hmm. Like she does it mentally or psychic ability, like a natural witch, right? At least that's our assumption anyway. Um, but yeah, order keeper is what they call me. But the last name, um, the sixth name, uh, is the one that I think holds the most weight out of all of them. Uh, it was 2022 or early 2023, I think 2022. Yeah. Early 2022. Um, I had, a a hernia behind my belly button mm-hmm. and I had to get surgery for it. Um, Mike uh, has had many surgeries over his time because he had cancer, stomach cancer. He's gotten over. He's fine. He's in remission. Um, But he's had many surgeries. And he's actually died about three different times. Oh, wow. Twice in the table. Yeah. But he told me when you're under anesthesia, for those who are inclined to meditate while doing so, you can go anywhere you want and talk to anyone you want. It's a stronger form of meditation that anyone can ever experience because you're 100% detached from your body. So with that in mind, um, it was the night before my surgery. And Megan comes into the room, our bedroom, where I'm I'm in. I think I was playing video games at the time. Um, She says, there's someone here. Um, I think it's your grandfather. And my grandfather passed away. I'm like, oh, what's he doing here? No, not your your current, your this lifetime grandfather. Your grandfather from a past life. Oh. So I've had a past life regression done. And she's very talented. She doesn't do it anymore, though. Um, it, it, I guess she didn't like doing it as much or she retired from it. Hmm. Anyway. Um, but she's very, was very point on. And what she learned about one of my past lives, um, or she learned about my soul anyway is that apparently my 
soul has been here a very long time. She says she saw it all past ancient Egypt. I, according to her, I had been here a very, very long time. But one of my past lives uh, was in the 1700s, early 1700s, where, no, late 1700s, late 1700s, where I was uh, a member of the Cheyenne tribe. I was a spirit warrior. And my grandfather of the time was the chief spirit warrior, the chief shaman, medicine man. And he was passing the torch of in charge of being a spirit warrior onto me. And they were having a ceremony. And she said there was chanting, there was singing. And she said it was so powerful, you can even hear wolves howling in the, in the woods. And then the power, whatever, of being the spirit warrior, I was allowed to do. But she said it didn't last very long because warring tribes of evil shamans who made deals with the, uh, the Europeans at the time slaughtered your entire tribe and yourself at the same, wiping them off the map. Damn. Uh, and, and that was it from there. The grandfather from that time came to us here because he followed my soul. He didn't follow the current me, mm -hmm. right? And told Megan to tell me when I go under tomorrow to look for him, right? Because he has a message. I was like, all right. So I focus on that. Six hours I was under, and I don't know if you've ever had surgery before. Mm -hmm. But I've never experienced the sensation of closing my eyes like you're about to fall asleep and waking up in the same second. Well, at least it was a second to you, right? To everyone else, six hours passed by. <laughs> yeah. But when I woke up, all I remember from the conversation I had with him was what he called me. And I remember we were sitting in front of a cave. And there was a, like a, a fire in front of us, like a fire pit. And we were, we were sitting on natural outcropping of the rock. And... He was sitting in front of it, and the fire was blue. I remember that. And he turned to me, and he like in a typical American get-up. I think he even had a headdress on. Um, he said, you are Ashwakanatanka, the Reaper of Souls. Yeah. Ashwakanatanka, the Reaper of Souls. And I was like, what? <laughs> but that's all I remember from the conversation. And I tried to look up that name. Was it a name? Was it a title? I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, and I can't find it in any form or the uh, way or the other. Hmm. Now, the first part of that name, Ash, that, that's just like the, how it sounds to me. But the second two parts, Wakanatanka, is the name of the deity of Native American legends. Wakanatanka by the Lakota and a few other surrounding tribes would call mm -hmm. what they considered their god, the great spirit and scribe, the great mystery, uh, the great white buffalo, Wakanatanka. So for my name to be Ash Wakanatanka is interesting. And I get to figure out why or what the actual meaning behind a name is. Um, but what's extremely interesting about that name, native spirits around where I live, where I do most of my investigating, uh, which is the North Carolina area, the north, Northeast coast. Native spirits here, when I say I am Ashwakanatanka, they know the name. They recognize it. They repeat it back to me. Mm -hmm. Right? Even sometimes when I show up to a new place and they go, and I hear over the spirit box, Ashwakanatanka, right? I hear it over, over, I get in the spirit box. 
this is the tribes here, and this the, the native tribes on the coast, most likely with the Croatoan, hence the Croatoan National Forest and all that stuff like here. But on the complete other side of this continent, in Vancouver, where our mutual friend Mike from yeah. uh, uh, his paranormal team, I just forgot the name. I did too. <laughs> unknown, unknown paranormal. Unknown paranormal. Unknown, yes. Yeah. I know I thought none of the shadows. Sorry, Mike. I'm so paranoid. Yes. He was investigating a Native American burial site over where he lives in around Surrey. And asked, hey, I have a question for the Native American spirits here. My friend um, has a name, and he wants to know what the name is. Do you know the name? And he said, Ashwakanatanka. And they, were, they said, yes, he is king over the spirit box. So native tribes from two parts of the, you know, over on the entire West Coast and one over for the entire East Coast, both recognize the name. What that legend is, I don't know. My best guess is that it might have been a secret kept by the Cheyenne tribe, something they kept close to the chest. They never shared in books or stories or whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Or it was a legend that was forgotten through time. Might have been... Totally forgotten. Maybe only like the high-ranking medicine men know or chiefs that have been told the story and they kind of, like I said, keep it a secret close mm -hmm. to the chest. I don't know. I've asked several natives that I met around here. No one even heard of a name. They have no idea. They said it sounds native. It sounds like a, a native word, mm -hmm. but they have no idea where it's from. So I'm still in the dark about that one. <laughs> I, gotta, I have to write that. Okay, Ash... <laughs> uh, and what, 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 how do you say the last part? Wakan, W A K A N, Wakan, like Wakanda with a da at the end, like yeah. Wakan Tatanka. Tatanka. Okay, because we have Algonquins uh, in my area, and uh, I know some. Native people around here. I'm going to ask them. I don't know why I never thought to do that before. Because you and I have talked about this before. And I was just like, I don't know why I didn't think of that. Yeah, it's it's like it's a name that I feel like it's, it's like a last piece of the puzzle. Like finally discovering everything about me. Um, granted, a lot of things I keep close to the chest. There's information that me and the, the missus keep close, what we call the inner circle of knowledge. Yeah. But... Um, and I always say, why would you, you wouldn't tell everybody everything? I was like, well, if I told you what was in this, you would refuse to believe, not disbelieve, refuse. And that's why we have to, we tell people that information that we have to make sure that they are one, capable of understanding, two, accepting of it. And three, it gets to a point where they're, when I tell them like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Um, so it's not like they're blown back by it and we basically just, you know, burn a bridge, but um, that information I'm still yet trying to find anything on. Hmm. And like I said, if there are any Native people listening who recognize that name, message me. Because I have been trying to get hold of, I think I've emailed at least 20 different um, Native tribes in our area and across the United States. Hmm. All asking information. No one's gotten back to me. So Then yeah. again, I was born outside the tribe i have no affiliation with them i have a great grandfather who was uh choctaw uh native my wife my mom's grandfather was uh, choctaw and her grandmother was spanish hmm. uh, which makes my grandmother her mom 
half Spanish, half Choctaw, but my grandfather was Mexican, which then grit passed down to my mom, which gives me like 10%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> my father was, of course, from Mexico as well. But 10% Choctaw, but 80, sorry, about nine, sorry, but the other other half of what makes Hispanics Hispanics is the natives indigenous to our parts of Mexico and other parts of South America. So I would be essentially half Aztec, right, from where my family originates in Mexico. Then, of course, my other half would be Spanish because the Spaniards conquered the entire South America and Mexico area. So um, so I do have indigenous blood, but it's not native to America, except for that small percent of Choctaw. So. I remember the first time uh, we met, uh, Mike was doing a live on uh, Instagram, and uh, I remember asking you, I just, I just, and I still sense it, a very strong Aztec uh, lineage with you, and I just see uh, fire and lava all the time. Uh, I have no idea why. Powerful. Um, Fire and lava, meaning um, sometimes when I see things, it's just so hard to put it in words. Um, very ancient, but also not of this earth, war- warrior. And then I saw the different colors in your hands, if you remember, when I mentioned that. Yes, fun fact about you. You are one of three people to see my ability. Of all the psychics, all the mediums, including Megan. <laughs> <laughs> You're the only people, the only three people so far I've met who actually, one of three that can actually see my ability. Mm. Everyone else can hear it, right? Player audience off the bat, they hear the electricity when I ignite my hands, when I pull the energy in and I, I change what I can feel, the element part of it, which I'll get into here in a second. But that has only been able to witness by three people. And it's interesting about you who is able to see it. So it means you're clairvoyance, right? able to see yeah I, th- I think that's what it is yeah it's very strong enough to see what most people can't um so at least you know i'm telling the truth over here <laughs> and, it, <laughs> and it, i know it's hard oh, sorry, i was gonna say i know it's hard pressed for anyone listening right now to believe anything that i say and i said i i wouldn't believe me either if i someone told me this story i would need some kind of proof which i do have receipts on our podcast, we have testimonials from people we've helped, mm-hmm. uh, four so far. And the most profound testimony we have is from a woman named Dow. Um, we helped out her son who was being oppressed by a witch and three demons in her stead and a portal that was outside the house. Um, it got so bad to a point where her son was able to walk. He would drag himself around the ground. This kid's like 13 years old. Mm. And after... A 30-minute call. My record, by the way. Um, he's fine. 100% fine. Running, playing, practicing MMA. She literally messaged us about once a month thanking us. Nice. Yeah. I'm just curious, uh, was that portal, was it just a natural portal, or was it brought there by someone? Or do you know? We suspect it was put by someone. Mm-hmm. Um, closing portals is a little more difficult than grabbing entities. The energy is more intense. And I I describe it like grabbing a, a, a one-inch rubber disc, right? So trying to grab it about the size of your palm and then squeezing it. That's to anyone who has ever grabbed a one-inch rubber disc or you can imagine what it feels like. It's almost impossible. And then the fact that it's spinning. Mm-hmm. Right? And what Megan's figured out, and I can't remember which one she said, 
counterclockwise is a dark portal. Dark portal. Clockwise is a portal of light. Huh. And of course, the majority of that close have been counterclockwise. Now I can close the other as well. Um, but the dark one, and what's interesting about that portal when I closed it, because that was about the size of a swimming pool that was in her backyard. When I grabbed it, it I never felt this before, but it felt like the, the bottom of it just fell. And like it basically dropped like a hundred feet. Like almost like it was like a security system. Yeah. Like it reacted. And I had to reach down, grab it, and pull up and close at the same time and slow it down. Cause I figured out how to spin my tendrils or the strings. I call them tendrils. Spin the tendrils to slow it down. So I grab it and slow it. Do 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 and then pulling it. Um what's interesting about my ability is that the strings on my right hand glow red and the strings on the left hand grow blue. Like a white blue and this is like a red black. Um so the the only thing dark entities see is a red energy firing at them. But it was only after I pulled a dark entity that had yellow lightning wrapped around it. Hmm. And it and when I grabbed it, well let me preface something first. When I took down my first high-ranking demon, I'm talking a general, a name that you've heard that's in de demonology. Mm -hmm. When I took my first one of those guys down, he was able to grab the strings, the tendrils that are wrapped around him and pull on them to like get them off him, mm -hmm. which I've never had anybody do that before. With instinct, my first, and I grabbed it, electricity left my hand and almost like I tased it. Mm -hmm. But I, I electrified him with enough electricity to light up a city. So it was very powerful. And it basically weakened him to a point where I could grab him, pull him, put him in the ring. So my strings, my tendrils learned to electrify, which was an extremely strange sensation. And Megan says it sounds like a generator starting up. Like oh, it's cool. Like that like, like electric sound. Um, but... When I grabbed this entity that had yellow lightning around it and I tried to electrify it, it basically was powering it up. Oh, crap. So when I grabbed it, I focused and I pulled the yellow lightning off of it, thinking I can take that energy and just like toss it. What happened is when I grabbed that yellow lightning off the entity, leaving just like a blank shadow behind, that lightning absorbed into my ability. And I saw these this yellow little almost like yarn yellow lightning string wrapped around my tendril of my hands hmm. that basically energized the lightning part of my ability. It's like you upgraded, was, <laughs> yeah, leveled up. It was it was on top of that. Um, I went for here's a fun fact. What I like to do for fun sometimes is scroll through TikTok, and if someone's doing an investigation or a psychic's doing a reading or something. I like to reach into the location where they are and pull landing darkness there. And I've done it multiple times. <laughs> it's actually a good way to test uh, when I test a psychic. It's something I've learned. And this is going to cause uh, some, um, some ruffle some feathers, but I've come to a point where I don't care. Um, when I pull a dark entity from a psychic, a psychic saying is a psychic medium that they're there to read people, messages, whatever. If I pull something dark from your location, there's only two reasons why that would happen. One, 
you're a charlatan. You have no ability whatsoever because any psychic would ever pick up something like that in their home. Or two, you know it's there and you're using it to power yourself up in order to use your abilities. That's it. There's no other reasons around it. So when I take things like that from so-called psychic and stuff like that, I okay, I figured out that person's, you know, BS and stuff like that. So, but one thing I took from somebody one time was a something that looked like a red bug that moved very fast, like it would dart do 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 very fast. It had like a red lightning around it. I was like, what the heck? And I finally caught it, and I threw it in the ring, and I pulled that red lightning off of it. And when I did that, my strings when they spin, spun like a tornado. Like they could spin fast. And all the, when I fired the lightning out, I, it, it, everything just moved faster. Like I basically it was going like 10 miles an hour. Now it was going 110, right? Like it went fast, fast. Um, when Megan, like I'm adding these elements to my ability. When Megan, um, we did an episode on the Alaskan Triangle and she remote viewed into the location. She pulled back with her um this uh, it was like a native american woman but she had black eyes and she was wearing like a uh like a, uh, a bison hooded cloak with the horns on the head right and it was she was all white and very misty very misty right like how actual ghosts look like mm-hmm. now if you want to interview Megan on her own, have her explain these things. <laughs> you can. Because one thing cool, besides her remote viewing into locations, let's say I'm trying to pull something from someone's home. The phone dies or the signal cuts out, right? And like, oh, crap, I can't get what's there. You have a backup plan. Megan has figured out to when she, when she goes to someone's home or remote views, if she needs to, she can take the entity that's there bring it back with her to our location, drop it off, I take it, and put it in the ring. We call it, or she calls it, body bagging. Because that's what she does. She grabs the entity with a bag of energy and wraps them up in it, basically picks them up and hauls them essentially through a portal back to our place and then lets me take them. Now, for some reason, she kept leaving these things in her mind forest. So, of course, I've been in her mind forest. Of course, I cleared it out. And, of course, I know it like the back of my hand. I've been in it more than anyone else's. So what I did is I built in her mind force a giant cell. Giants, I would say, 20 by 10. It looks like made of steel and iron cell, prison cell, with no doors. All right? And very tiny windows. The door acts like a safe, but only is activated by my ability, which acts like a key opening it and allowing it open and close. So when she takes things back, she throws it in that cell. And then when, whenever she gets around to it, she'll tell me to pull things from it. I take it, put it in the ring. Because sometimes she would pull things and leave them in there and it would cause her headaches and pain and stuff like that. So I built that for her. So just when she starts taking bigger things, throw it in there, we're fine. Or she can let it fill up. So it's kind of like a way station before the ring. So quick question. So um, it has no doors, but... Do you create a door to put things for things to go in and then there's no more doors on it? No, it's like she, when she pulls back the entity, she drops them in there. Mm-hmm. It's almost like she's creating portals. Okay. And, drop in it and it closes it so they can't get out. Gotcha. 
she described to, to me one time as to like Doctor Strange. She mm. goes, what are you talking about? I was like, how do you, I watch those movies all the time. How can I pay attention? She goes, I don't know. I don't watch them. Right? And I showed <laughs> her the scenes for Doctor Strange. She goes, yeah, like that. I'm like, oh, you didn't even know. Anyway. That's but yeah, cool. that's the best way she describes it. Like she opens a portal, essentially, throws them in and closes it so they can't come back. So, but yeah, that's how she opens, throws things in the cell. Is that how she does it that way? But um, she body bagged this entity that looked like it was made of wind, essentially. Hmm. I put the entity into the ring, pulled that air energy off of it, leaving behind a black shadow. So it's almost like a disguise, almost, of elemental energy. And when I did that, now my tendrils can spin, creating a tornado in my head that electrifies. So it's like I'm collecting elements of my ability, right? Mm -hmm. To add on, add on. And that's the interesting part. So I was thinking to myself, well, what's, what else can I add? And then, lo and behold, I, I came across a fire entity that was made of fire. And I was like, holy crap, can I take it from this, pull the fire off it? Yeah, now my tendrils can ignite like flame. So electrify, ignite, wind. Creating a tornado of fire and electricity. You know, scary to think about. Um, and then one of, the, one of the times I actually got to investigate here on our military base, which mm. no one really has access to except the senior in the military. And now a lot of the military are imperial investigators. But they took me to uh, the, the couple. Actually, they're fans of the show. So we did an episode on Haunted Camp Lejeune, and that's how they learned about us. Hmm. Um, but we got on base, and it took us to a place where a Marine drowned, which is a, an impossible statement. Marines don't drown. Hmm. They're made for the water. But he drowned in this man-made lake that goes deep, and they don't know actually how deep it goes. It might be a sinkhole. They don't know. So I reached my, my tendrils down into that water, went far, and what I found at the bottom was a guy holding his head hunched over in the water boy no i don't can't do it no i don't want to do it he kept like mumbling to himself and what was strange of how he looked he almost looked like he was wearing a suit like an astronaut suit made of water but if water and zero gravity is the best way i can describe how it looked mm -hmm. so when i grabbed him pulled him out of the water poured in there put in the ring and i was like can i do it pull the water energy off of them absorb it in and then like holy crap i can have a water element which i use to basically freeze the wind and the water combine lowers mm -hmm. the temperature and freeze entities now so i remember mike from unknown paranormal was like because i work with him a lot and we've become good friends over um, our time uh he's like what next to add earth i'm like yeah but what do you really earth for you know <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> i don't know yeah but um that was the interesting part that I can add elements to my ability. Um, it comes in handy with the tornado part because then I can pull multiple entities in a area to me, like sucking them up like a vortex. Yep. Also works well with haunted objects. Um, there was a guy who was sharing a wall of haunted objects, which I reached in, did the tornado thing, and I pulled an entire wall of haunted objects, took the energy, put it in the ring. And now he just has objects on the wall. Well, he doesn't oh. know that. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> you know, all the dark energy gone. Um, which the most funniest thing I ever did. This guy was showing up haunted objects. And I went in, checked. Okay, see, there's dark energy. Well, yeah, let's come. So I pulled the energy off it. And 
I he was talking about these are my haunted objects, guys, and stuff like that. And I commented, not no more, right? And he, he <laughs> before I said moved on, he was like, "What do you mean not no more?" Right? I was like, "I guess I don't know if he slightly believed me or not, but that was funny the way he he expressed it." <laughs> <laughs> Gee. But uh, I this is like I said when I explain my ability, to people that no one. You know, definite thing. It's like you sound a little bit shamanistic. You sound like this. You sound like that. Never 100% guaranteed. Um, and that's what separates me from other psychics who have EMA or energy manipulation abilities. They're a psychic medium with something extra. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm not a psychic medium. I just have this. My ability allows me to talk to them, to uh, make communication to it, and to see everything. I, without this ability, I couldn't see or hear them. Mm. Um, but that has been my, people ask, why, why, why do you do this? You know, when it's been my mission now, and I've grown an extreme hatred for dark entities, energy, demons, especially. Um, when my son was less than three months old, we had him laying in the middle of the bed and any new parents or any parent of a newborn can, can contest. When you have your child, you put him in the middle of the bed. At mm-hmm. the edge, because you want to roll it off either side. Yeah. Put him in the middle of bed. He was awake. Me and my wife literally stepped into the hallway, no more than 20 feet away from him. We were talking about something, and we were in the hallway talking about something for less than 10 seconds, and we hear a thud. We come back into the room. We see him face down on the ground. There is no way he could have rolled off the bed with that amount of energy, that middle time. At three months. He, at three months. Yeah. And then fall down on the bed. Luckily, he fell down on blankets because we my wife is oh, over-concerned about it. So she put blankets all around the bottom of the bed just in case something happened. So she was thinking ahead. Um, and my wife was freaking out because she said something had to pull him off the bed. Mm-hmm. And she felt something in the room. So this is why I show them no mercy. No remorse, no empathy, no sympathy. These things that dwell in the dark side of energy, I take, I imprison, and I, I say goodbye to them. Because if they're willing to do that to a three-month-old baby, whether to torture children, to cause people nightmares, and put someone in such a point of despair that they kill themselves, I have no remorse for these creatures. And that has been my, my purpose now is to do this, to go to case to case, home to home, place to place, eradicating darkness from it. Because I've learned that there are three kinds of paranormal teams, including my own. Um, there are cloud chasers, paranormal investigators who are strictly out there just to get fame from being a paranormal investigator. That's all they care about. They care less about the spirits that are there or the dark entities that they piss off. That's the one kind of paranormal team. Second class are actual paranormal investigators who have a respect for the dead, who want to communicate, who want to prove to people that this stuff exists mm-hmm. um, and try their best to help spirits cross over or at least help dark entities to leave, get out of there. And then there's a third kind of team, which is mine. And we are singular in our, because we haven't met any other team capable of doing what we do, which we go to a location not to catch evidence, not to investigate, but to take every dark entity out of that location and help every single spirit that is there cross over, making the place dramatically less haunted than we found it. Mm-hmm. 
almost making it not haunted anymore. Which that, to every paranormal investigator, especially the cloud chasers, uh, extremely pissed off because we're taking away their bread and butter. We're taking away the reason why they're even there. Mm-hmm. If you take the stuff away, how are we going to catch any evidence? And I say, tough. <laughs> right? The stuff there does not care about what you want to catch from them. They mm-hmm. want to leave. They want to cross up. There are some spirits who want to stay. Yeah. Once I, we've learned that some investigations we've done, when I take all the bullies away, some of them actually want to stay behind. Mm-hmm. Oh, now it's nice. You made it nice for me. I can stay here now. Yeah. So a lot, not all of them, but, uh, but some actually do choose to stay. We don't force anybody to leave. Well, dark ones we do. But um, human-wise, spirit-wise, we don't allow, we don't push anybody away. We say, open the door. Hey, guys, you want to leave? Here's your chance. Mm-hmm. Right? But that's what separates us from all the parallel teams. But that's also, also is, um, again, it's some enemies, but uh, is we're not looked uh, fondly upon by some paranormal teams out there. Uh, because of that, and because we've done so many cases so far, uh, yeah, twenty-nine home cases, and then so far everywhere around here, every we've picked it clean. Essentially, mm-hmm. uh, we move on somewhere else because we've been back to locations we've taken care of, and it's still good. There's nothing new there. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. I keep thinking of you as Judge Dredd. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's your seventh name. No, no. Um, what was I remember is a seventh name that me and Megan were thinking like, what is that's going to be like that name, um, that demon hunter or something like that, but something of the the essence. I thought maybe exorcist, but I yet I get to do that. Funny enough, that has been my eluding final test. Is someone who is possessed? I'm talking full on demonically possessed. They are talking in tongues, yeah. different voices. You have to tie them down to the bed. Otherwise, you're going to kill everybody in the house. That level of possession. I have yet to come across it. But what I've learned, studying demonology and learning about demonic cases and stuff like that, demonic possession is very rare. It's not all the time. Demonic oppression, yeah, that happens a lot. And like I said, I've done 29 cases already. Um, that happens a, a lot of the times. But before he even gets to possession, a priest is called, a paranormal investigator is called, uh, a shaman's called, someone's called to basically stop the act of oppression from getting any further to possession. So it doesn't ever get to possession. But you do have your rare cases where someone gets ignored or the demon's smart enough to find another way around to, to avoid detection. Um, but no, that's my final test. And uh, is to see if I can pull a demon out of someone who is fully possessed. That is the ultimate test. That would be amazing. Once I can do that, then I know for sure, without any doubt, there's nothing that can stop me. There's nowhere these things can run. There's no none of them that can stop me, and it's all a matter of time before they're all in the ring. Yeah. Does your son have any uh, have have any abilities? Yes, mm-hmm. uh, he's already showing. He's only six. Um, no, he's sorry, seven. He just turned seven. That's right. Um, he's already showing abilities, and what we think his ability is uh, is a combination. Well, I think it's all my wife for our combination. Me and my wife. 
Um, he uses his hands, like me, mm -hmm. but he pushes energy out of positive energy. Because there was times when I remember watching when he was four years old, run up to something that I couldn't see in the, in the shadows, going, no, no, no. And he was pushing his hands out like that, right? Like he was pushing something back. I once, a vision or a dream, however you want to classify it, uh, was in between awake and asleep. And I just woke up and my alarm went off and I went back to sleep. And for some reason, I overheard my wife talking about killing. And then I had a thought in my head, I wonder what his abilities would be like in the future. And I either had a vision or jumped into a dream where me and Killian were chasing down someone who was possessed. We were running in the woods and this person was possessed and they were running, I think it was a man, was running in the woods and we were chasing him down. And he was older. He had to be maybe in his either 19 or 20. He still looked young, but he was taller than me by a lot. Like I'm 5'10 and he looked maybe 6'4", 6 6'5". 6 wow. Um, very lanky, very wiry built. Right, which kind of he is now. He's got long legs and long arms. Um, and we were running, and he and, and uh, we finally caught up to the person. They kind of turn around like they're going to attack us. And I look at him and say, I said, do it. And he puts his hands out. And I see waves of energy leaving his hands. And it hit this person and strike him down to the ground and literally pinned him there. And you could see the face, the person's face. Like they were like, like they were straining just to keep their head up. Because the amount of energy was pinning them down to the ground. To which I reached in, pulled it even out of the person, imprisoned it, and we moved on. Or helped the person back to the home. But yeah, that's, what, 10 seconds of a dream? <laughs> I thought what he was capable of. And I always think about that. I talked with Megan about it. I was like, hey, you think he could be, be doing that when he's older? I was like, I don't know. That's Anything that's is possible, possible. yeah. Uh, I mean, we plan to have more kids, so there's a good chance. Because you have me with my ability and my wife with her ability. Good chance the rest of our children are going to have gifts oh, of their yes. own. Yeah. <laughs> you can have an army. <laughs> yes. Which it has to be someone to take over for me when I'm ready to retire. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be interesting part. Let's see which one of my kids become the next Shadow Walker. Yeah. Yeah. I'll bestow with that ability onto them. Well, Isaac, before we sign off, I want to invite you on again because I know you have so much more to talk about. I also want to have your wife on at some point. Uh, this is amazing. Uh, but before we sign off, why don't you tell the listeners where they can contact you, especially if they need help? Yes, um, you can contact our podcast, Hidden Shadows Podcast, on Instagram. Um, but you can listen to episodes that me and my wife do. Um, every week we have new ones and stuff like that. Um, also, if you're more wanting to know more about the Shadow Walker ability of mine, um, I did a six-part series that's on our on our uh, our podcast. We, they find the podcast and we listen to podcasts. So, um, and then Megan has one episode on her ability, and plus you can also listen to the testimonials. I believe Barry's story. Um, I forgot the girl's name. Mike and Christie's story, and then Dow's story. Um, Mike and Christy from Unknown Paranormal. Yep. You get to hear their testimony of how we helped out them, um, which his case was, that was a strange one. But um, yeah, if you listen to us there, or message us the Hidden in the Shadows Paranormal um, Instagram, which is the Paranormal Team, me and my wife, as it is right now. Uh, and like we do all our cases, we can do over the phone, like we're video chatting now. And one thing that I reiterate 
consistently. We do not charge for our services. Never have, never will. We yes. feel it morally wrong to do so. It's like a doctor asking how much can you pay him before he actually heals you. So yeah. we, 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 we've made that decision a long time ago to never charge anyone for what we do. So nice. don't feel like, oh, great, how much is he going to charge for this? Like, nothing. Yeah. Maybe um, coffee? <laughs> yeah, I'm not a coffee drinker. Oh, you okay. Me, you want to pay me in Dr. Pepper Zero, I'll be more than uh, accepting. <laughs> <laughs> um, or vitamin water zero. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah, either those those uh, Instagrams you can message us through or email us through the website, hindershadowspodcast.com. Um, or his links to all our social media and, and ways you can listen. And you can email us through there as well. Um about any cases and we always tell anyone no case too small no case too big if you feel like someone's in your house you want me to check i can usually do that it doesn't take very long if you need your mind force cleared out because you might have like mental junk i can do that as well which i actually done more of those than anything hmm. uh, or you have something very dangerous in your home and you need it gone now easily call me so uh that's what i always tell everyone because it my record time for clearing out a house mind forced um Clearing out a house, clearing out a mine forest um, is uh, 30 minutes. I don't know anyone who can guarantee every demon in your house gone, your mine forest cleared, and a positive amount of energy put down to prevent things from coming out in 30 minutes. Yeah. It's impressive. Nice. Well, thank you so much. I, uh, oh, geez, I almost called you Mike for a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Isaac. I really appreciate this. You are one impressive man. So thank you. Thank you. Well, we've made it to the end of another episode. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, take care of each other. And if you'd like to be on the show or have questions and comments, just drop me an email, paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Paranormal Heart would like to extend a special thank you to purpleplanet.com for supplying the music for the show. The views and opinions expressed on Paranormal Heart are those of the host and participants. 